X-ray. And welcome to the Beervana Show, broadcast in Portland on X-Ray FM and available anywhere on your favorite podcast service. We join you from Jeff's backyard here in beautiful Portland, Oregon, under a bright sunshine, but it's not warm. It's not warm. It's not warm. It turns out we're getting really close to November. We're being good, socially distant podcasters. So we're outside, we're distant, but together. You've been giving me a lot of attitude today, buddy. (laughs) I don't know. I'm in that kind of mood. Uh, You are Jeff Allworth. You have written books. Among the books you've written, The Beer Bible, Secrets of the Master Brewers, and The Widmer Way. All accurate. That's Uh, your cue. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Uh, You always look at me like you I look are, at you. Are, are, you're curious to see if that's accurate. Uh, <laughs> I think by now I've got that. I think by now I'm pretty sure that's true. <laughs> uh, you are Patrick Emerson. You're a professor of economics at our Oregon State University. Go Beavs. Go Beavs. And I would like to point out something that the listeners will be acutely aware of right now, but which uh, we are kind of not so aware of, which is that when people listen to this, the U.S. election will have happened. And uh, well, well, the United States will be a smoking ruin, um, torn, torn, <laughs> torn, torn, torn apart by, by strife, uh, or or perhaps uh, or perhaps not. We can't say. Yeah. Here we are in, in our. You're confident that the election will be decided by the time they're listening to this peer. Uh, no, I'm not. I'm not no. at all confident. <laughs> oh, what a uh, show! But I'm. But I. But I am aware that the people, the listeners who tune into this, will probably have that on their mind. I think uh, in a way that we don't right now. So I think I'm not saying. alone in trying to be as best as I can, uh, like an ostrich sticking its head in the sand and hoping just to pull it out after election day. So congratulations on making it through the election, everybody. That's right. Or <laughs> hopefully or, we have a winner and whatever it is, it is. And uh, yeah. Or not. Um, in which case, welcome to the end of the world. Yeah, welcome <laughs> to the apocalypse. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah. So um, we have uh, a little squirrel. I just want to point out that if I scream uh, during this podcast, because you have a little squirrel who's running around in your big oak tree right above our heads. And he's gotten pretty close to dropping a, uh, an acorn on my head. It has been months. This 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 has been a banner year for acorns. Uh, we've lived in the South for 15 years. We have never had anything approaching as many <laughs> acorns as we have. And the squirrels have just been insane. They've been, you know, at a, at a, at a like a, a cellular level, they, they, they know that they got to take care of all these acorns. Like their whole... And there's just so many. There's so many. So they've just been in a frenzy for months, pelting us with these damn acorns. Uh, You, my friend, are growing quite a pandemic beard, by the way. Yeah. (laughs) Very nice. I'm going to call you Gramps. Yeah, I know. It's my, I may just be giving up beard. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, Grandpa. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. You should probably be careful, not drink too much. You know, it's not... This is my drinking beard. What are you talking about? Fall asleep. <laughs> you see a guy like like Grant. this, you better expect him to be. Of course, I'm the guy who's wrapped up in a blanket, so I shouldn't <laughs> go too far in the blanks. Okay, so today we have a very special podcast. We're going to talk about the Great American Beer Festival, which sort of happened, and definitely happened in the sense that beers were submitted, beers were judged, and awards were given. So on October 16th, the GABF announced the names of 240 breweries winning 272 medals in this year's event. And on today's show, Jeff and I will look at these winners and see what patterns we can discern. And we have graphs. We, we have, have graphs. graphs. As soon as I read that, I started thinking of conspiracy theories. What, 
what unseen patterns can we find? What kind of conspiracies will we uncover? Uh, do different states perform better among certain categories of beer? Which region makes the most award-winning lagers or IPAs or wild ales? We have crunched the numbers and will reveal the answers to all these questions and many more. Uh, that's up soon, but first, we got to talk about the news. All right, the first news item is that Brewers Association economist Bart Watson recently reported, fellow fellow traveler, fellow economist Bart Watson, recently reported the findings of a survey of member breweries and found that despite the warm months, Q3 was tough on breweries. Small brewers saw better sales than Q2, but levels that still fall far short of 2019. We can see this pattern being uh, pattern being improvement to, to levels that still lag last year in nearly every data set. He added that on-site sales for Q3 were down 25%, as were brew pub food sales, even while off-premise sales were up 42%. Uh, and as you know, uh, last podcast, we talked to um, Rubini, who is in Austin. It was interesting because I think of the winter months as going to be really tough months for brew pubs. But it sounds like if you're in Austin, this is kind of the good time. That's right. <laughs> That's when everybody wants to come and hang out outside. Yeah. Uh, so maybe there's a little counter-cyclical in part, some parts of the U.S., but certainly here, uh, winter months are coming, cold, wet, dark. It's going to be rough. Yeah, and there were, there were a few people who pointed out uh, in the summer when Florida had its big spike that the, part of the reason was because nobody was outside in Florida because it was you know 95 degrees and 95 percent humidity, right. so people were indoors, and right. now people are coming out in Florida, so maybe yeah, that's, that's really interesting. We'll see how it goes, but right now the trends for the transmission are bad, and so it doesn't look like we're going to be uh, easing up restrictions anytime soon. So that's right. Uh, Godspeed to all the brewers and brew pubs out there. Keep uh, supporting your local brewery and brew pub. Indeed. Any way you can. Uh, yeah. All right. Well, I have uh, the, the second thing that I put on here was really uh, just a, a way for me to ask you a question okay. uh, about today's, about, about the, the current news in the, in, in the news. Uh, so what on earth is happening with the Brexit discussions? This is a fast changing story, but as we record this, which, as, as we've mentioned, is, is earlier than you're listening to it. The UK has ended a nearly week-long walkout on negotiations, behaving uh, as if they have the upper hand in trade negotiations with the European Union. So what is happening, uh, and what effect will this have on the UK? Professor Emerson. Oh, God. Uh, I don't even know where to start or how to start. But basically, I think the best way to describe it, at least in my view, is they're doing this brinksmanship now. It's like, okay, well, we can take a no-deal Brexit uh, meaning we'll have no prior, you know, no agreement on tariffs and trade and all that, and we'll just we'll just walk out. Uh, I think it's it's uh, it's a lot of posturing, it's a lot of face saving um, by the conservative government. I think trying to trying to still pretend they've got a strong hand in this, and that what they're doing makes any sense at all. Uh, not to not to tip my hand. <laughs> uh, but a no deal Brexit would be a total disaster uh yeah, yeah. it's it, it's a nightmare and 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 there's no way they're seriously considering it they're just doing a lot of political posturing uh right now it's not entirely a one-way street either it's not a fantastic thing for the eu to have a major trade stoppage not title stoppage but you know uh, something a big slowdown with with uk uk is a big big economy and it's a big part of the european economy if not the european union economy anymore and so um there is a, a, a bit of leverage but but no i think what's going to happen is that 
uh, negotiations will restart and um, they'll limp through. But there's no way, I think, that the conservative government's getting out of this without looking poor. They certainly already look poor. They really poor. <laughs> uh, yeah. It was a bad idea, I think, if you give me my personal opinion. In case you couldn't tell, it was a bad idea from the start. It remains a bad idea. And uh, in this time, given the economic hit that COVID has given, uh, it's an even worse idea. Yeah. So, but they're stuck and it's going to happen and they've got to figure out some way to sort of do this. The, 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 you know, the Irish border is a big problem that they haven't, they're still stuck on and, you know. Yes. And uh, listeners new to the podcast may wonder why I'm asking this. Well, you know, Patrick's a subject of the Queen and also they have beer in the UK, so I shoehorn it in thus. <laughs> that's true. Yeah, what does it have to do with beer? I guess it has to do with beer because it gets imported and exported. Yeah, that's right. Uh, we, we can actually bootstrap a, a rationale here, but um, uh, sometimes uh, during COVID, it's nice to just talk about something other than beer uh, news, which is usually grim. So I thought we'd talk about the grim Brexit. Totally. By the way, I have to renew my British passport. It's uh, it's time for renewal. And uh, yeah, the, uh, I've got to get one of the new ones that no longer are the EU passports. And that makes me sad. Oh, the Brexit passport. Yeah, we're back to the old blue ones. Yeah. Wow. Um, uh, but, but they ask you, please, please, please don't don't renew unless you have to because they're like way backed up, gonna be months and months. Um, I have two passports, so that helps. Yeah, and you're not going anywhere anyway. And I'm not going anywhere anyway. <laughs> uh, although my mother, my mother went back. Uh, she's now in in London with my sister. Uh, she had to quarantine, and like this is serious quarantine, like not go out uh, for two weeks. So she just got through her quarantine period. She feels, oh, good. yeah, she's then like she didn't get the COVID. It's a new world. She get the COVID. She's now free to move about the country. Okay. All should, right. We should move to the main topic. Let's move to the main topic, which is the Great American Beer Festival's competition, which in our time, two weeks before you hear this, just happened. Yes. And maybe you can describe how they pulled it off this year with the COVID. Well, they, they didn't have the festival itself. Right. It's kind of a misnomer when you talk about GABF uh, for obvious reasons. The festival is usually at the convention center in downtown Denver. Right. Right, literally three steps away from my old office. <laughs> yes, and you never went. There. I never went. Uh, <laughs> I didn't. It just didn't. It seemed grim. I'm, you know, uh, beer festivals are fun, but that one is huge, and it's in a big convention center with no windows, and just I don't know. I never, never quite appealed to me. It's cool to go once, and you should have gone once. I should have. Yeah. It was like not going to Ufleku when you were in Prague. But, but you know. <laughs> you're still stuck on that. Boy, that will come up like every third podcast. <laughs> Just out of spite, I'm never going to Ufleku. I don't care how many times I go to Prague. <laughs> well, you're the first one to be wounded by that decision. So <laughs> They didn't give great detail about how they did the uh, competition itself, but they said that they did socially distanced competition, and mm -hmm. it's possible they did some of it outside. Uh, they would have uh, been able to do uh, do that in Denver, I think. I know that the Oregon Beer Awards stalls trying to figure this out is not so easy because usually judges huddle around the table and uh, right. have their masks off because they're drinking beer. Yeah. So I don't know. I'm not totally sure how they did that. Okay. But we have not heard reports that it was a super spreader event, so that's good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that is. So we have some cool stats as Always. So I, I, anyway, we thought we'd talk about this and probably mention, you know, some of the stuff that's local to us in Oregon, the Northwest and the West Coast as a focal point. Um, but but also use it as an opportunity to kind of look at what trends are happening 
right. I'm always curious to see yep. whether we live in a in a country that where the beer is the same, you know, region to region, or if there's differences. So it was fun to look at, get in, dig into some of the metals to see uh, who's making the best beer where. Yeah, that's what's nice about this festival, since it really is a, uh, an American festival. Right. It's a good way to see what's going on in different parts of the of the country. We could. Uh, begin to drink an award-winning beer while while we wind this up. Should we do that? We've been yeah. Let's here. let's start with award-winning with this award-winning beer because this is this actually dovetails to an earlier set of podcasts we did where we did the great beer vana podcast Pilsner taste off uh, to anoint our King Pilsner of Oregon. Indeed. And uh, we went around collecting all the Pilsners we could find, but there was one we couldn't, and we tried. And we did try. So it, yeah, we, we tried. We knew about it. We knew it was good. We tried to find it for whatever reason. We couldn't find it on shelves at that moment. And lo and behold, it won gold. <laughs> cut to now, it won gold. But interestingly, it won gold in the Bohemian Pilsner category. And this is the ex novo Pearl Haggard German style Pilsner. Yeah, it's Pearl is it's spelled like Merle, but with a P at the front. Uh, you know, nice pun. Beer always has nice puns, uh, and that. Uh, it is a reference to the Perle hop, which is a German hop. Um, right. And it is, it, to my memory, a classic German pilsner. So all of that's a little bit curious. Oh, uh, I should put this near the uh, the mic, even though I don't have the Edwina here. Okay, let's see. You're going to pour that into your lap. <laughs> I am. I am. <laughs> this is harder than it looks. Uh, my my finger's a little bit frozen right now, so I'm trying to figure this out. Here we go. I don't know how well that'll come out, but i hand that over to you. So uh, this is Ex Novo from Portland, Oregon, makers of lots of great beers in many different varieties. Indeed. Uh, I've actually never had this beer to my knowledge. Oh, really? Possible that I have and not remember, but... This is one of those beers that you find uh, at uh, in restaurants. That's a great pilsner, and it, it goes really well with beer, uh, wow. with food, so... That's a wonderful aroma. So it's kind of, uh, it's kind of interesting that it was the one we didn't uh, have, so we couldn't anoint it anything. I wonder how we can talk about how you think it would have done in our in our fest, but oh, so good. Uh, mm. Probably has a wonderful hop. It's slightly cloudy. It is, uh, but it's classic pilsner color. It's got a lovely aroma. Now I wonder if the ones that they sent were slightly cloudy, because I would assume that the judges would hit them pretty hard for that. For in a pilsner. Good point. It's a lovely flavor it is really vivid with hops mm -hmm. yes i i think that would have done very well in our kind of in our judging as well yeah totally but yeah it's um it's uh it's quite german to my to my mind it's got a it's got a really clean malt base it's not not ter terribly rustic it's, uh, it's got the perla hops it's it's uh the body's a little thinner. Body's a little thinner. Yeah. Uh, it's lighter. Uh, it's light, you know, straw colored, I guess. Yeah, it looks like a pilsner. It looks just like a pilsner. So uh, uh, it was one of 8,806 uh, 8, beers uh, from 1,720 breweries from all 50 states in, and, and Washington, D.C. That's has it. Do you know, have all 50 states been represented uh, I mean, obviously not through the entire history, but recently, is that true? Or is this a new phenomenon that now all 50 states are? Yeah, I have no idea. Yeah. 
I'm just, I mean, craft beer has now become a true national phenomenon. Right. I mean, I think that they've had good representation for a few years. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, The category with the highest number of entries was uh, Juicy or Hazy India Pale Ale, not surprising. Uh, That was one category, Juicy or Hazy? Yes. Interesting. Yeah, yeah. Uh, It's a new category that they added in addition to American IPA. Okay. Um, It had 377 entrants, um, but the average number of beers in each category was only 97. So if you... And, and some breweries know this, like, ooh, if I enter an alt beer, I'm going to have a way fewer. One you know, in 10 chance. That's right. <laughs> it's going to be a lot easier than if I enter in uh, Juicy India Pale Ale. Uh, okay. All uh, right. I see. Yeah. So there were 91 categories in Toto and mm-hmm. 272 awards, uh, medals were awarded. Um, there were 240 breweries that won medals. So you can do the math. Not so many won multiple multiple uh, medals, but a few did. Uh, shouldn't there be 273 medals? Yes, except one uh, good I did, math. I did the math. You did good math. <laughs> I did good math in my head. You did very well. They did not uh, award a bronze in gluten-free. So, <laughs> because there were two entrants? Uh, no, because um, they felt that there, there were only, a, only two, two beers that really merited right. winning an award. Um there were 337 uh, first-time breweries entering, uh, and 19 of them won medals. So, nice, well done. Yeah, so that's kind of the overview. It's, you know, nearly 9,000 beers are entered. Uh, it, it's a stiff competition, and any brewery coming just out. The, just the logistics of running this competition yeah. seems daunting to me. I know. Good lord, can you imagine keeping track of all those entrants? Well, hazy IPAs are. I mean, all the IPAs are going to have you know 300 plus beers you got to have a fleet of judges and many many rounds and yeah to win a to win a, a medal in that category is something yeah and we'll, we'll get to that yeah because we're going to take an, a good provincial look at <laughs> at the gavf that's, that's <laughs> largely true. because that's the beer we've got so. we we are here in portland oregon so we do pay some attention to uh, yeah we have a few we have a few winners I might as well just mention, since since you started down that path, California, which has by far the most breweries in the, the country, mm-hmm. won the most medals with 63. Colorado had 26, uh, also another state that traditionally does very well, in part because the JBF is in Colorado, and a lot of the, there's a lot of uh, local pride in Colorado. Oregon had 22. Virginia and Washington both had 16. Those wow. kind of round out the top five. Uh, North Carolina had 11. Indiana had 10, which was kind of impressive. Indiana was uh, the winner of the uh, Midwest, which is impressive. A lot of good brewers there. Texas had 10, and Ohio had 9. And then it kind of drops off after that. Um, you know, a number of states won in the 4 to 6 range or so. The top five uh, states winning medals accounted for 53% of all the medals won. So there's a real disproportionate kind of yeah. thing going on here. Let me pause and let you. I've just said a lot of stats. <laughs> well, speaking of conspiracy theories, you seem to be suggesting that the advantage of being from Colorado shows in the in the awards, which is a shocking accusation you make. That well, I don't mean to suggest it in the sense of uh, they have an unfair advantage. The judges are. Uh, International judges, not just national judges. Oh, okay. So it's not Colorado judges. It's not like uh, 
a palate. Right. They they know the local flavors. Yeah. Yeah. It's not it's not like that. I do think they have some advantage in terms of delivery. So yeah. I, I do think that helps a little bit. But I but I, what I mean to say is I think for example we have some statistics about regions and how many how many they submitted. Uh-huh. And my guess is Colorado probably submitted more beers than the entire region of New England. New England submitted only 266 beers in total. Right. Across all the states. Connecticut, Maine, Massachusetts, New Hampshire, Rhode Island, Vermont. Yeah. So, you know, obviously New England didn't win any, no state in New England won uh, a ton of medals, but it's partly because they didn't put a lot of medals. They didn't have a lot of medals in there. In fact, the Mountain West. Yeah, here you go. The Mountain All right, West. All right squirrel. <laughs> you and I are enemies. Uh, he, he, she's going for it. Oh, man. Welcome to my life. It's been like this since June. It's been crazy. Yeah, I see. There's another one running around over there oh, they're too. Everywhere they're going crazy. <laughs> Welcome to my life. Sorry, excuse me for that. But, it's okay. But it's, I got acorns getting real close to my head. The, the Mountain West, by contrast, uh, which includes Colorado, Montana, North Dakota, South Dakota, Utah, and Wyoming, many of many of those states, I'm sure, did not contribute very many beers. Right. Uh, they uh, had 1,248. Uh, submissions as opposed to the 266 in England. So you need to take the, the denominator into account. Yeah, yeah, it doesn't yeah. matter. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. I get you. I get uh, you. So Colorado, I think in Colorado, you know, people really care about the GABF. It's a big deal to, to win. I mean, it's a big deal for everybody, but it's yeah. a hometown thing. So some of the traditional categories are still the big ones. Obviously, IPA, the biggest, right? Yes. The various IPAs, I think, are the are the, the, the big ones because uh, you've got one, one thing about the JBF is you have a lot of categories. So you have uh, juicy or hazy uh, double IPAs, juicy or hazy IPAs, juicy uh-huh. or hazy pale. Yeah. So you have a lot of repetition like that. And, and these, these categories in general are the, the biggest ones. And, and that includes American IPA. And I think uh, American pale ale is still a big one. And so there's a, the hot, we can talk about this later, but I talked, I, I looked at all the hoppy ale categories yeah, um, and brewery. And so these are everything from pale ales, session IPAs to double IPAs in the hazy and non-hazy category. Right. And breweries will kind of look at their beer and see what description it most fits and, and plop it in there. But, but basically these are all hoppy ales in various varieties. Um, and there were 12 categories that have hoppy American ales. So it's a it's a major part of the competition. It's a big part of, uh, they, they get a lot of entrance. And um, we can talk about who won those categories, because I think that's sort of illuminating since New England's getting all the love in the world right now for their IPAs. But maybe they didn't do so well. <laughs> he, says, he says provocatively. Uh <laughs> Are there are there uh, new categories or categories where the entrants have gone up sharply? Have you been tracking this? Like I'm wondering about pilsners and um, uh, uh, sour ale, things like that. That's a good question. I, I haven't looked at style by style, uh, but but and I'm uh, I mean, yeah I don't know. I mean, just you know, being being provincial again, just sort of seeing what's tre- what trends are reflected in the local market. As we've talked about before, here in the Northwest, uh, for sure, German Czech beers are becoming more and more popular. Lagers in general are becoming more and more popular. 
and uh, not so much like traditional English styles. And so I'm wondering if that's a nas- if if what we're seeing here is reflected nationally, or if yeah. the different regions are are sort of trending in different in different directions. Yeah, I'm not totally sure about that. Uh, ah, we, I stumped the, uh, I'm, I'm, I, I stumped the chump, as the car guys used to say. <laughs> <laughs> I am. I, I'm trying madly to get to uh, a database that Bart Watson sent us, uh, which has. Thanks, Bart. Yeah, thank you, Bart. He has some great stats, which we're gonna we're gonna get to in a little bit. But uh, he sent us a, a downloadable. Uh, Excel file, which I'm now downloading. Did you look at that? I think it has. I think it has these category numbers, which I'm trying to figure it out. Uh, yeah, you should figure that out while I, while I go on to another, <laughs> another subject. Oh uh, no, it doesn't. It, it has. It's mostly just metals, so it does not have entrance. Yeah. So what? So what strikes me, by the way, is that um, you know, as I was trying to 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 lead you in the uh, minute ago, the geographical diversity in craft beer, I think, is showing up. Um, I'm not a, such a quote close watcher of these numbers as you are, but it seems to me that not only has craft beer sort of spread across the U.S. and sort of is ubiquitous now, but you know, good craft beer has spread across the U.S. and is pretty ubiquitous. So pretty much the state you live in, you're going to be able to find local craft beer, and you're probably going to find pretty good local craft beer without having to look too hard. Right. And so uh, I'm pretty impressed with how many states are represented in both entrants, but also the winners. And you have some uh, data here about uh, sort of the heavy hitters in terms of um, uh, uh, win percentage, but also just in terms of, of medals as well. Yeah. To answer your earlier question, I, I finally got the answer. Yes. Uh, German Pilsner is a, is a very popular category, 200 entries. Yeah. So I would, I mean, it'd be interested to know, but I'm guessing that, you know, 10 years ago, there'd probably be many fewer. I don't know. It's worth asking the question of why would a brewery submit uh, beers to this competition? And, and one of them is because they believe that they're really good. Uh, they're really good uh, brewery. And it's really to, to test themselves against other yeah. breweries and, and to kind of give the, the, the people making the beer a little credit. Yeah. And so among breweries, various styles have, it's great to win any medal, of course, but winning a Pilsner, for example, a Bohemian or German Pilsner at a brewer, at a brew house, that's a big deal. You yeah. Win, you win a medal in one of those two categories. That's a really big deal. I mean, it's really cool to win, you know, something from uh, uh, Schwartz beer or Alt beer, something like that, uh, American Amber Ale. No one's going to sniff at that. On the other hand, to win American IPA, to win uh, Juicy IPA, to win a Pilsner category that people are going to care a lot about that. And yeah. They're going to, they're going to feel pretty proud. Yeah. And among brewers, I mean, it's seen as a very technical category too. the Pilsner, for example, maybe less so IPA is more of like a, how, how well do you deal with hops? But you know, a Pilsner is, you know, you can't hide any flaws. So it's a very technical category. Now it's becoming a very popular category. So all that said, well, very well done to X Novo for this excellent Pilsner, which I'm enjoying quite a lot right now. That's right. And I think, I actually think that, Breweries, I think it is a technical category, and I think breweries care a lot about it, uh, particularly in America, because it is our category, right? That's, yeah. We we invented IPA, and, and we care about it. But I, actually, I think it's not so easy to make a good IPA. And, uh, it, you know, pulling one together that hits that sweet spot of intensity, juiciness, uh, balance, 
it's harmoniousness. True. Yeah, I think we've documented how how technical IPA has become. The way that use hops has really evolved, uh, and it's become much more uh, nuanced and precise. Speaking of IPA, yeah. Well, we're, we're working on it. that's why that's why I shifted the <laughs> the discussion this way so that we could we could look at a couple of medalists from Oregon in the American IPA category. That's right. We we uh, managed to get two out of three in the American IPA category. Uh, none in the juicy, but uh, that's fine. Yeah. Uh, so what I have here, good lord, squirrel, <laughs> you and I are going to rumble after this, <laughs> except you're about three hundred feet up in that tree. <laughs> I think you have the height advantage. He's got the high ground. That one came about a foot from my head. I'm telling you, for months, you just hear these things. They sound like gunshots. Bam! (laughs) Amusing. Uh, Okay, yeah. So what I have are uh, the bronze and the silver winning American IPAs. And um, uh, do you have your list in front of you? I'm trying to remember which is which. I think I I I know here. uh, I think the... Von Ebert is the bronze. Maybe we should start yes. there. So Von, this is Von Ebert Brewing, uh, Portland, Oregon. An interesting little backstory to Von Ebert Brewing. Uh, it uh, took over what was the Fatheads uh, location in Portland, which was uh, what Columbus, Ohio brewery, somewhere in Ohio. Sure. Cleveland, Ohio, maybe. Yeah. And they opened an outpost here. They built a big brewery. Uh, wasn't bad, but never quite got traction. And then. Um, uh, that space and that brewery was over, was taken over by Von Ebert and Von Ebert's been just killing it. Yeah. They, have. they <laughs> really? won, they won two medals actually. Uh, weirdly, we're going to talk a little bit about which styles do well in which regions. Uh, and we're going to talk about Oregon's weird confidence in uh, wild uh, ale category and, and including the, uh, alternate saison or specialty saison or something, which are all barrel age saisons. We did a podcast about these uh, uh, some time ago. Uh, Oregon swept that category. And one of those was Von Ebert. So um, yeah, anyway. Yeah, so they, they have a downtown Portland location. They also have another location that's out at the uh, at a space that's uh, at a golf course. Glendovere. Glendovere, Glendovere golf course. I've never been out to that one. So this is called Nothing Noble. It's an American IPA. It's got a kick. It's 7.2, Jeff. So you poured yourself a healthy measure. <laughs> of course. Well, uh, I was being very restrained with the, the Pearl Haggard and uh, and saw that you, um, you helped yourself. Yes. Helped yourself to a very, so I wouldn't want to make that mistake again. <laughs> leave you with it. We leave you with a can that's two thirds full. I don't expect to get it back. So <laughs> you lose. You lose. Anyway, uh, so characterize this beer. Uh, a pretty. Um, oh, that's got a, such a nice aroma. Oh, kind man. of a darker color. Um, yeah, like it's sort of a, amber. Yeah, it's like halfway between straw and amber, but it's pretty bright. Pretty bright, yeah. Yeah, uh, it's got a really nice head. Very uh, so soft and pillowy. In, a, in another recent podcast, we talked about the evolution of IPAs, and this this is and and talking about how the categories are kind of blending together and this one is a perfect example it smells you put it on your nose it smells quite juicy yeah uh, i know if you if, if you asked if i just smelled this and i didn't know what it looked like i would say it's probably a hazy mm. but um but it's clearly not a hazy mm, no it's juicier on the nose than it is on the palate but boy is it smooth mm. that's really good isn't it yeah that's excellent <laughs> And this is a 7.2% beer, which I look at and I think, uh-oh, I'm gonna, I might not like this. 
because it's a little too boozy. But no, I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't know this is seven point two at all. Yeah, it's definitely an IPA, mm-hmm. not a pale. I mean, it's got the presence of yeah of alcohol, but yeah, it's not not super bitter. Nice, a nice bitter balance, but nothing that like. Yeah, no, they clearly entered this in the right category because they want a bronze. Uh, and and but it makes me wonder for the for the hazy and juicy are people entering beers that are purely juicy that don't have any haze because it seems like this is the kind of beer that yeah although i would say i don't think it's like that super saturated juice feel on the mouth do you i get that in the nose no it's got i mean it's it's probably it probably has to do with bitterness too because this has got a nice little pop of bitterness and i think it it gives it a very nice balance yeah very nice, Don Eber. Good yeah, job, excellent, right? excellent, really good. Uh, one one brewery we really tried to get, uh, and actually, I'm going to transition to the the regional thing now because it's an interesting Oregon. Yeah, it's gonna, by the way, it's going to take a little while before we can get back to the, to the IPA. <laughs> right. Uh, we got one more to taste, but we'll put that off till a little we, later. We do, and we'll, then we'll, we'll talk circle about, back. We'll talk about the dominance of uh, hoppy IPAs, uh, hoppy hoppy ales on in the West Coast. But what's fascinating is uh, the the regional kind of breakdown and, and which, which beers are doing well in which regions. So we're challenged somewhat by uh, sample size. So there's a bunch of states that had that won like five or six medals. Mm-hmm. So it's very difficult to tell trends when you're looking at such a small sample size. Right. But California, Colorado, Oregon, and Washington uh, all had substantial medals. And we can look at kind of some trends. And I went through and, and divided all the medals up uh, into different categories, uh, and then assigned, and then and then slotted them there, slotted them there. So, and they're not mutually exclusive. Right. Uh, lagers, hoppy ales, British beers, Belgian beers, German beers, traditional United uh, United States beers. So things like amber ales, right? Uh, sour and wild beers, barrel aged beers, and specialty beers, <laughs> uh, which is a weird catch all category, but it's because the JBF has tons of these like coffee beers and chocolate beers and field beers and these kind of, you know, ran- rando styles. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. <laughs> so you had to have a specialty category. Do they have a category for pickle beer? Uh, pickle, I think would be specialty. <laughs> <laughs> but do they actually have a category? No, they don't. They're not, a, not for pickle beer, but let, Texas pickle beer. Let's. Uh, yeah. Next year. Next year. Yeah. Uh, so California, uh, did they had sixty three medals, uh, easily the big winner, and yeah. uh, over twenty percent of them were in hoppy ales. Yeah, which is predictable, right? Like yeah. if you thought of all those categories, which would you think? You'd think hoppy ales. Yeah. Colorado. Uh, but, also- just, but just to, just to put a uh, another little. Um, uh, sorry to step on you there, but just nope. but uh, I've been talking about my trend in Oregon and what I think is. Uh, wondering if it's national, at least on the West Coast, it seems, because their next biggest category is lagers slash German. Right. Uh, 14.3%. So I think that, that these kind of lagers are really coming strong on the West Coast. They are. Yeah, that's right. Uh, and and in fact, uh, if you look down to Washington, which we'll get to, they did really well in lagers. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, Colorado uh, did did great in hoppy ales, almost as many as, as uh, California by percentage. But they did even better, and I think this is this this strikes me as not surprising. Exactly, uh, it doesn't surprise me at all. <laughs> uh, traditional United States styles. Yes. Yeah. So they're kind of the keepers. We can still find, you know, pales and ambers are still really big in, in yeah. uh, Colorado, at least 
at least when I was there. And that was kind of a long time ago, I suppose, but based well, on my past experience. So it's interesting that it still remains. And metals don't necessarily correspond exactly to what you'll find in the marketplace, but mm-hmm. it, but it, but it shows what the brewers in these regions do well. Right. And it's not surprising that Colorado brewers who've been, you know, among the first to get on the uh, craft beer train yep. uh, and who love these styles still brew them really well and, and are beating all comers. Yeah. And uh, so they, they had over, uh, over a quarter of their beers for traditional U.S. styles. Then this or- next one's crazy. This next one is totally crazy. Oregon, we didn't actually do very well on hoppy ales this year. And this no. is another thing that you have uh, year-to-year variation. I think if you looked at a five-year rolling average, our hoppy ales would be much better than yeah. if we had an off year. But we kicked ass in, uh, in, in sour and wild ales. 32%, nearly a third of all of our metals were... <laughs> Uh, in 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 the sour and wild ale category, including that specialty saison where we we ran the the uh, we got a hat trick. Yeah, it's kind of amazing. Oh, and I was about to say, and I, know, I got I was, distracted. Was, I was going to get you back to that. Uh, one of the breweries that is really leading that charge is a brewery we tried to find for this tasting, which was Ale Song. Yeah, uh, they won two medals, and uh, they have really been a big leader in that category. Yeah. So yeah. I, I think Matt you know, Van Wick is killing it down there in Eugene. And in fact, I did find an ale song, but it wasn't the medal winner. And I stuck, I hewed to our theme today, which is only medal winning beers. Uh, but I was sure that beer was going to be awesome as well. It really is a great brewery. They're doing really interesting stuff and they're doing, I think Matt's a cool brewer. He used to be at Oakshire, comes out of Iowa and yeah, which, we is, often, which is unfortunate, but we, we, we forgive often, him. We often kid on the day of the big Iowa, uh, Wisconsin game. Uh, but he's really into hops too. And so he does some of these, uh, some of his barrel aged stuff that have hops that work with hops. So he's, he's working in a very American idiom. Um, yeah. his, his styles, you would not taste his beers and think, Oh, these are coming out of Brussels. Um, they're very American, but obviously very accomplished. He's winning. Uh, these are, and this was not his first awards. So yeah. he's doing great work. Yeah. So, you know, you think of Oregon as hops, and we we are, but we are also doing these uh, these wild ales and just crushing it. So that's impressive. Yeah. So back to Washington, and they really they dominated in their hoppy ale category. They had seven uh, medals uh, out of their their sixteen, 16 yeah hoppy ales. Um, I think that's not so surprising. Um, they did they did really well in lagers too. A- almost all their medals were in uh, hoppy ales and lagers. What's interesting though is. Um... Uh, because of one brewery, I really think of Seattle as like the, uh, the Mecca for traditional English <laughs> beers. Uh, but not so much in terms of the metal, No, uh, the metal count. No, it's true. I think, and this is a, this is a city that knows good English beer and wants good English beer, but maybe it's more of a, uh, 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 an anachronistic, um, expression of that brewery. Yeah. It's hard to say. Uh, there's an English brewer in Seattle that we talked to. Uh, there's a podcast with Adam Robbins at yeah. Rubens, yeah. and they're actually uh, one of the breweries that did really well in the hoppy category. And I know that they got one of the juicy ones, maybe more than one. But they got at least one juicy one. I think they won two medals. Um, so they're, they've, they've been a leader in the region in yeah. terms of juicy hazies. And yeah. they, they picked one up too. So in terms of regions... Uh, because those were the, the states that had enough medals, uh, we could look at those individually. But then I wanted to look at some of the other regions just to see what they look like. I, I 
through New England in there. It didn't really work so well, uh, even when I included New York and New Jersey, because they still only had 15 medals, and mm-hmm. they had three uh, that, uh, sorry, yeah, three that, two that tied, really. It was uh, uh, German styles, which is really unexpected. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't think yeah. it, uh, New England as being German at all. And Sour and Wild, which is also not something I totally really? associate with New England. Yeah. You know, Allagash is there and, and some others. We're going to talk a little bit about the way that uh, Bart broke this down. Oh. He looked at uh, uh, performance uh, in terms of wins per entries. Uh-huh. And he used a slightly different thing, which weirdly did not include Iowa. So, sorry, Hawkeyes. Uh, but in this case, uh, we get a, what I consider to be a totally unsurprising result, which is that a quarter of the beers and by far the most popular, or the, the, the biggest category of wins was uh, loggers. Loggers, uh, yeah. You know, what, what, what would you expect from the great Midwest where all the great lager breweries were? Yeah, by the way, I will confirm that Iowa is absolutely positively in the Midwest. And in fact, one of the weird things when I moved to Denver was people describing like Nebraska and uh, Kansas as Midwest because I never, uh, I understand it, but I never, growing up in Wisconsin, never really thought of them as Midwest. Yeah, I mean, there's, there are all these regional areas that are kind of on the borderlands and don't fit in neatly. Like Pennsylvania's got Midwest and North Atlantic, got Mid-Atlantic. Yeah, so Bart gave us uh, this cool thing that, that shows wins by region. And and he used this weird thing that uh, the feds use. And they have, they have Great Lakes, which excludes Iowa. And they have Central. Well, that's problem. Yeah. Which has Iowa, Kansas, Missouri, and Nebraska. See, there you Nebraska. go. Nebraska. So Kansas, Missouri, Nebraska. Like I never thought of those as Midwest when I was growing up, but that's probably provincialism on the part of Wisconsinites. I think that's is, the, is that the the upper. I think those are the Great Plains, but yeah, Wisconsin's upper Midwest, sure, but it's Midwest. I've always been confused because it seems like Illinois, like the upper half of Illinois, Chicago, seems like the upper Midwest, but then you've got it goes all the way downstate, and then that's I in the know. south. Yeah. I mean, I mean, Minnesota and Wisconsin, for sure. And and uh, uh, Michigan. And maybe Michigan, yeah. I guess that's it. <laughs> the only ones you should care about anyway. The rest of them suck. <laughs> please please weigh in. Especially Illinois, by the way, just to be clear. <laughs> Fibs. Okay. Uh, <laughs> uh, we should get to our last, uh, because I think we're we're actually kind of running short of time. So we need to get to our, our, our third Oregon medal winner. Yeah, and this one's going to be interesting because you and I actually are familiar slightly with this beer. This is Pelican Brewing's Updrift IPA, which is a new beer. They just brewed it this year. Uh, they sent us uh, a six pack of it, and we've been drinking it. Uh, and so when they won, we're like, "Well, this is easy." Yeah. <laughs> uh, but uh, to be honest, we were—I mean, I was surprised because when I drank this beer, I thought, "Wow, this is interesting," but not like. Almost counter trendy, right? It is. It's very West Coast. Yeah. It's very bitter. It's very clear. There and you know, a point right in the lap. You're playing it on me almost. <laughs> well, in my defense, it. that last one was a 7.2 beer, and I gave myself a healthy portion, and you only gave me one glass. So I had to empty my glass before I could do this one. Well, you're the one who poured out 65% of that last. I know. That's what I'm saying. IPA. <laughs> but since I only have a single glass, I have to finish it before I can start this one. You do. All right. So Pelican Brewery is uh, from Pacific City, Oregon, on the coast. They have a beautiful brew pub right there on the beach, like literally on the beach, on piers on the beach. Uh, and now they've 
kind of come an Oregon coast uh, um, uh, juggernaut. Juggernaut. Thank you for for that. Because <laughs> they have one in Cannon Beach. They've got one in. Where is that other one? There's a third one somewhere. I think they're is building it in Tillamook. Yeah, I think it may be Tillamook, and I think now they're coming up with a fourth one, Lincoln City, something like that. Anyway, whatever it is. Uh, they're doing well, and and uh, they've always brewed great beer. And they have won probably more medals at the JBF than any brewery in, in Oregon. Really? Oh, yeah. yeah, I know they've won many, but yeah, yeah, they just win because they've been doing it for for decades now. <laughs> they've been doing it for decades. And Darren Welch, the brewer there, he has some kind of mind meld with what the judges want. Like he he really knows <laughs> how to brew for uh, uh for for winning these beers. Uh, winning these medals and it's just it's remarkable how what what sustained success he has i mean i think it that other brewers would love to know what is like how he does this because it's it's impressive they've had to have won more than 50 medals at the gabf over the years yeah so if you're by the way if you're coming to oregon post-covid when you're ready to come back and and uh spend a lot of time exploring oregon beer it it behooves you to make it to the coast one, because the Oregon coast is gorgeous. And two, because some of the best beer in Oregon is brewed out at the Oregon coast. Absolutely. And you don't have to travel far to find a Pelican. All this, right. this beer is interesting to me. 70 IBUs it's listed at. I believe that there's, I taste every one. <laughs> you think there? Yeah, I mean, it doesn't, so this is quite distinct from the last one. It doesn't sort of come across as this big, juicy. No squeezy bomb at all it no. is a classic sort of old school west coast ipa yeah it totally is uh it's a it's hazy i mean not i mean sorry it's a little bit cloudy yeah it's classic it's got so, the classic oregon cloudiness yep it's got that classic cloudiness that comes from lack of filtration and i think what's so interesting about this beer is there's a wow it's got a it's got a pretty big bitter pop um it has a really characteristic malt bill uh which i consider super traditional but the hops are new and they have a like a melon note it's like, weird yeah i mean you and i talked about this long you know a couple of weeks ago when we first tried these before the gabf and anything and we both said well that is just a that's far out like it is far it's out. not a flavors that i can really pick out and it's not hops that i can identify necessarily yeah this is the cool thing about the the, the new hops and i can't remember uh, it's not listed on the can. I can't remember if they told us what hops were in it, but they produce, uh, you know, new flavors that we've never had in yeah. beer. And this this has, I think that's what makes this beer so beguiling, is it's super familiar in every way except the end. It's got these unusual, I'm yeah. going to say. And I was so surprised of because of that. I'm so surprised that it won a medal. And as you say, he must have some kind of weird synchronicity with the minds of the judges because this is a beer that I was really surprised would have got traction. Yeah. Yeah, me too. But it certainly did, and I think it, I think they may have won two medals too, if I remember correctly. Yeah, I can't even. I'm having. I'm really struggling to describe the flavors. Maybe melon, but kind of a it's almost herbal too. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's like sort of an herbal melon mix. It's not so piney like old school, but so while we're. Uh... I got stats. I got, I got my, my more, yeah, many go for more it. stats. Go for it. You're like the Nate Silver of beer. Thank you. Yeah. I'll take that. 
speaking of the election. So we have we have win percentage by region, and then the, we have the win percentage by the top states. And and I think this is kind of interesting because it, it illustrates uh, some vagaries. Uh, but but if, particularly when you're talking about by region, uh, most of the regions uh, have contributed enough beers that you can get a certain sense of how well they're they're doing. And I think um, this is not to shame anyone, but to say that uh, I think it shows a maturity in certain regions yeah. of, of, of breweries that are making exceptional beer. Yeah. And, and you can kind of see it. So if we go from bottom to top, we go the South uh, had uh, a lot of entries, one of the highest numbers of entries with nearly 1,200. Only 22 medals, and they had a 1.9% win percentage. And then it goes up from there. I'm not yeah, going to... Uh, popular but nascent. Uh, yeah, that's right. Beer scene, I would say. New York and New Jersey get their own category. They had a 2.4% win percentage. The South Central, which includes... This is another one of those borderland regions. It's Arkansas, Louisiana, New Mexico, Oklahoma, and Texas. Uh, they have a 2.5% win percentage. Then we go to, uh, the mountain West, uh, which we, I would have expected them to do better than this. Um, yeah. Uh, that includes the mountain States 2.8. Uh, but that also could be a, 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 a quirk of the fact that probably Colorado breweries send a ton. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> uh, then we go to, uh, the central region, which is that weird one because <laughs> it includes Iowa, Kansas, Missouri, and Nebraska, uh, a little bit over 3% win percentage. Mm -hmm. uh, New England, 3.4. Which is a bit surprising to me. Yeah, me too. Also, the Mid-Atlantic, uh, Delaware, D.C., Maryland, Pennsylvania, Washington, uh, uh, Vir Virginia, and West Virginia, uh, also 3.3, also 3.4, I'm sorry. And then where are we getting here? For all the hype that New England gets, I got to say, it's a little bit of a, a disappointment, I suppose. I think they need to enter more. I, I really yeah. think, I feel like they don't enter and I think they don't care about it as much. But I also yeah. wonder if New Englanders are a little bit reluctant to put themselves there. So exalted. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, why would you risk, you know, you already have all the credit. Like, I've been to New England. There's some amazing beer being brewed there. So <laughs> I, I, I put yourself out there, guys. Yeah. I want to see Maine Beer. I think Maine Beer Company would be winning medals if they were entering. And I, yeah. I, they have, I've never seen them announce a medal, and I assume that means they never entered it because I can't. It's got to be because they, yeah, they're they're amazing. So enter more, uh, and then the unsurprisingly, the two uh, the two highest are the Pacific and Southwest, which is California, Nevada, Hawaii, and Arizona, uh, at four percent. And at 4.1%, the, of course, the Northwest. Go to the Northwest, which includes Alaska, by the way. Go Alaska. That's right. And they're dragging us down because when you go to win percentage by state, uh, yeah. this is the most interesting thing. So there's a bunch of states here who have kind of weird uh, low numbers, and I don't know that we need to mention them. Although I will say, just because my wife's from there and we just mentioned, we just spoken them, Maine, with only 42 entries and three wins, had a 7% win percentage. Yeah, so enter more. Come on, guys. That's right. You're ready to go. Uh, but Indiana, Indiana, big winner. Hey, what's going on in Indiana? Big winner. All right, we uh, got to find out. 162 entries, 10 wins, 6.2% win rate. Right, so here's a mailbag request. I know nothing about the beer scene in Indiana, so let's let's hear about it. Well, you do know one, uh, Three Floyds. Oh, you're right. <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> yeah, there's that. 
But after that, but after that, what else yeah. is going on? Virginia, Apparently a lot. So the other win percentage states: Indiana, Virginia, second; Oregon's yeah. third; Nevada, 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 fourth, and Missouri, fifth. So mm-hmm. you know, cool. Good nice. job, good job, guys. Um, so Oregon, Oregon clocks in at a five point three percent win percentage, which is not bad. Yeah, well, well done. Yeah, you know. And we don't, we, don't, we don't want to boast. But. On that win percentage uh, list, we have by far the most entries. So our win percentage. Is yeah, so we, got, you know, we don't have a small sample bias. That's right. <laughs> All of large numbers here. Sorry, guys. You know, if you're listening to this podcast, you know we're all about terrible numbers. <laughs> Enough said. Uh, the numbers speak for themselves. And while we're tub thumping, let's just talk about hoppy ales uh, because the – you know, everybody in the country is making these beers. They are animating everything. We just talked to uh, uh, Ruveni last week about uh, Austin, and we asked what styles are popular, and she said IPA, which is what you hear everywhere. IPAs are popular everywhere. And yet, when people submit their entries, one region comes out. That's the West Coast. California, overwhelming winner there with a third of all of the medals. The West Coast together uh, account for almost two-thirds um and if you throw colorado in there another kind of og of hoppy yep. uh, beer making then you're up to uh 78 almost four and five of the best ipas being made in the west so um i'm just saying you want good hoppy beers come to where That's the right. hops are grown <laughs> it ain't just the hype <laughs> <laughs> all right well uh I think we're even long now, so we probably better wrap this up. I think we're well, we're not long. Yeah, I mean, people can sit and listen to us for hours. I'm sure. Yeah, and, right, and, and, right, dear listener, you could just go. We could go on and just <laughs> chat about everything. But that's would, that, that's the Great American Beer Festival this year. It's Great American Beer Festival this year. Good, uh, good work, by the way, for 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 at least doing this part of the great the GABF. It's fun. I like it. It's a great way to keep track of trends. It's great for brewers. Good congratulations to all the brewers who won medals. Congratulations to all the brewers who even entered. Good for you. New England brewers, enter more. Yeah. Get on it. <laughs> and uh way to go, Oregon, once again. Great beer being brewed here. That's and right. We had three great uh great examples. We should mention since this podcast goes out to all the great people of the Rose City here in Portland, Oregon. We should just run through the 22 winners very quickly of oh, yeah. medals in Oregon. Yeah, well uh, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna tell you which medal. I'm just gonna name the beers. Old Town Brewing won a Pilsner in the American Pilsner con, uh, category. They also won a medal in the American style Amber Red category with Polly's Not Irish. Cheers. Pelican, Updrift, we Cheers. just mentioned that one. Uh, Von Ebert, Nothing Noble, just mentioned that. Cheers. Wild Ride Brewing, uh, Whoop De Whoop Wheat, and also in the American Wheat Style, and also in the American Wheat Style category, Ten Barrel, and this is clearly a legacy of Widmer Brewing. Uh, we are the wheat beer region, <laughs> so I'm not surprised that we won two of those. Uh, Ten Monk- Barrel Tweet, that's nice, I like that. That is good. Uh, <laughs> Monkless won uh, in the... with a Yeah, Monkless, by the way, is kicking ass. Way to go, Monkless. Monkless yeah, Monk- is a fairly new... Monkless out of Bend, Oregon. They make Belgian-style beers. And they they're kind great. of counter-trending in Bend. We talked about them when we went to Bend or do our Bend beer tour. Uh, Block 15 won for their Pash Turbulent Consequence. Go Corvallis, go that's a, that's a cool one. That's, that, 
for me, that's like, that's great. Uh, Pearl Haggard, we mentioned that in the Bohemian style. Uh, Ale Song in uh, Touch of Brett in Brett Beer. Three Creeks for Brown Porter, also in Brown Porter. Ben Brewing Company, Old Normal. Good job, Ben Brewing. We've talked about them recently. Uh, Stormbreaker, one with extra special bitter. Uh, we looked for that. Really oh, to I talk wanted about that it. so badly. Yeah. You got to go to one place. It's only available one place. So here's a, here's a pro tip, you brewers. If you're going to send a beer in a competition, be ready in case it wins. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, Be ready to sell that. Be ready to give it to us. For yeah, sure. come on. Three Creeks Brewing Cone Liquor, uh, a fresh hop beer. Exciting for that. Freem Family Brewers, one in the Kolsch category. Breakside in the Goza. Uh, Freem again in the Japanese uh, with a, their Japanese lager in the International Pilsner category. Cold Fire Brewing, one of two medals. Cold Fire Brewing one in the Mixed Culture Brett beer. They also won in Specialty Saison. Yeah, and by the way, Cold Fire's in Eugene, and I've been traveling to Eugene because my son is now at the U of O, and I got a, a – turns out I really got to visit Cold Fire. Yeah, I know. We got we to gotta check them out. They're yeah. on my radar now. Yeah. Consider yourself on my radar. <laughs> uh, pumpkin Patch. Yeah, way to go. Rogue. Rogue. Showing up. Way to go, Rogue. <laughs> oh. Old school, baby. The OG. Yeah, old school. Uh, Ale Song with their second win was in Specialty Saison Farmhouse nice. Cuvée. Uh, cold, cold Fire won in Specialty Saison the Silver. And then the Bronze went to Obeisance by Von Ebert uh, at their Glendover. Which is, pretty, which is pretty damn cool. Von Ebert won for IPA and for Specialty Saison. Yeah. Cheers. Yeah. Cheers, Von Give Ebert. it up. So we had, we had, I think, three breweries that won two medals. And by the way, the Specialty Saison was brewed at their Glendevere. Oh. One two medals. Yeah, uh, that's right. Yeah, Mind Golf Club Brewery. So I got to get out there. I've golfed that course, by the way. Oh, good for you. About Thirty years ago, but I want to uh, throw a shout out to Three Creeks, which won a brewery award in general. Oh, right, right. For uh, was it was it Three Creeks? It was Three Creeks. It won like a brewery. Conglomerate, or <laughs> I can't remember what the well, word they is. Well, they have various categories. Yeah, and for, there was for, another brewery, and now it escapes me. Do you know the other brewery that won an award? No. Yeah, okay. They're, they're, they have Monkless, I think, maybe. They have several categories. I think Monkless might have won a award for the brewery itself. Anyway, so congratulations to all the Oregon winners. Uh, this is the Beervana pod. We are in Beervana. That is Oregon. That's right. That is Beervana. Just be clear. <laughs> okay. All right, we should we should turn now to the mailbag. We're running out of time, so let's be quick about the mailbag. All right. So thank you very much for everybody who send in your submissions to the mailbag. We appreciate it. The first one, Jeff, do you want to take this one from Steve Calderaro uh, in Southeast Portland? This is a great. This is a little bit of speaking of local color. Yes. I thought you might find my most recent homebrew beer experience interesting. Um, so. Uh, he, uh, I'm going to the context is we were talking about the forest fires in Oregon. We had really bad air quality, really smoky air, very pungent air. And we were wondering how it affected the crop, the hop harvest. That's right. And so Steve harvested some hops grown by a neighbor in Southeast Portland, uh, at the end of September, we use two pounds of fresh Willamette and cascade hops at flame out and whirlpool during, during cooling. After primary, we used another pound of the same combo in each of the uh, two five-gallon fermenters for dry hopping. I would describe the beer flavor after primary as standard, somewhat hoppy pale ale. After dry hopping for four days, the beer was transferred to kegs. Taking samples for taste and measurement, 
Man, there was no mistaking significant flavors of leather and tobacco. Not so much citrus hot flavor. Have you ever heard of a Rauk IPA? <laughs> <laughs> this seems topical in California and Oregon because of the fires. Uh, any other breweries or hot farms have this issue. Has anyone actually tried to make something like this on purpose? So thank you, Steve. I am super fascinated. Okay, so one, one, please don't make this on purpose. Right. <laughs> I don't want a Rauk IPA. I really don't want a Rauk IPA. <laughs> I don't want that to become a thing. So I'm going to stay, I'm going to, I'm going to put down my marker right now. No Rauk IPA. But this is fascinating. I'm really curious about how breweries are dealing with these hops. I mean, uh, to give you some context, dear listener, the air quality was horrible. And it was, it was over 500 and go look at that. It's yeah. Just, it was extremely pungent. It was like when you're camping and you start a fire and you're standing right there as the wind blows the smoke into your face. Right. So it's super pungent. And, and it's like uh, standing in the campfire. Yeah. <laughs> Essentially. <yes. laughs> so, uh, yeah, it makes sense that it's the dry hopping that really brings out because it's probably that surface contamination of the hops yeah. that carries that flavor. And, and it was so, interesting that he described it as tobacco and leather and not like smoke, but the tannins yeah, from yeah, the fire. Yeah. yeah. So interesting. Uh, so uh, yeah, let us know, dear brewers, what you're finding with these hops. Okay. Uh, the next uh, mailbag entry is from Jason Wells, good friend of the pod from Portland. Hi, Jason. Uh, I, I had already been thinking about bringing up the topic of seasonality and how our taste preference change uh, taste preference changes do not always match up with modern brewery production schedules. For example, Jubilee, which is a, uh, a winter beer, used to get released in late August. But you touched on the theme while introducing IPAs. I find that my taste preferences, uh, I'm not going to go through all this, but essentially in the summer are like Pilsner Hellas with a little bit of IPA thrown in. And then they transition in the fall to more Oktoberfest. But uh, porter IPA with some Pilsner as well. And then in the winter, Pilsner, winter seasonals, porter stouts, and IPA. It's funny how I always have a taste for Pilsner and IPA no matter the season. Yeah, I think that's right. So seasonality is inflected on our preferences, and we never really abandon our old favorites. I yeah. think that's right. I think his preferences almost are exactly mine, except uh, I, I, I've i gone off porters and stouts, as you know. My right. dark beers. I know. You're, you are weird. You're the standard drinker, and it, it hurts my heart. Am I? Am yeah. I? Am oh, I yeah. just no, so typical? That's depressing. Well, uh, uh, in, in this respect only. Yeah. Uh, I think your love of pilsners makes you a little bit of an outlier. Yeah, I, I do say that the that for me the pilsner IPA trade off happens a lot. Like in the summers, I'm much heavier pilsners, less IPAs, and in the winter, I'm much heavier IPA, much less pilsner. But those are those are two staples. Like I never go off the two of those. I've I've noticed. So now we're you know we've we've been talking incessantly about how we're freezing to death out here. Uh, I've noticed how much I go to the fridge now, and I'm looking for something a little heartier and a little hoppier. Something warm, something that warms the heart, right? Yeah, like the yeah. IPA. We're we're coming into IPA season for me. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I love, I like like a spicy seasonal, and I love this uh, trend. At least in Oregon, we have these IPAs that are a little bit spiced, and they're kind of the winter beer. Uh, one version of a winter beer, which I really enjoy. I love me the porters and stouts, and I'm still, I'm still. Uh, a giant fan and you just can't find them that much. So there are a few breweries out there that yeah. are champions of them. I noticed that uh, Bend won two of the three robust Porter categories. Nice. I think that's yeah. indicative of what's going on in Bend and God bless you, Ben, for continuing to hang on to those dark ales. Yeah. I like a good Porter. I like a, a you know, a good light IB, uh, in terms of IB, IB, ABV, excuse me, mm -hmm. light in terms of ABV uh, Porter in the winter. Yeah. 
sort of a, a something in, in in the Guinness range, right? Yeah. So let us know what are your what are your seasonal preferences. Uh, if you're from another state and you want to tout your your GABF stuff, let us know. Uh, let us know anything. Our mailbox is always open for you. All right. So thanks for you. thanks to those who contributed to the mailbag. Please do so. Uh, also, please subscribe on Apple, SoundCloud, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. And don't forget to rate us. Five stars, please. That helps other listeners find the show. We'd love to hear from you. So please send your questions or comments as you have to jeff at beervonablog.com or on Twitter at beervonapod. Jeff blogs at the Beervana blog and he tweets at beervana. Uh, Patrick tweets at beernonics. All right, so I have some of the updrift still in my glass here from Pelican Brewing in Pacific City, Oregon. And I have a little bit of the Von Ebert, which I snammed after I went back and got that. So I've got that. All right. So cheers, Jeff. Cheers, Patrick. Cheers, Patrick.